Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. Good morning. Man, there is a lot I want to say that's not in my message. And I think I'm just going to say it. Um, First, this is just something I felt um, backstage here. The enemy wants to silence your voice. You are a mouthpiece of God, so he's finding every avenue to silence you. You guys, this is why over the last couple months, you can look at statistics and you have seen um, anxiety go up, like medications being prescribed for anxiety, depression, suicide raised like 40% in two months. Suicide is the ultimate silencer. And I didn't think this was something to share, but I have to share this. A couple months ago, I was thinking about my dad and brother, and if some of you don't know, both my dad and my brother committed suicide. And I was thinking about them, and I was talking to God about it, because I still have to deal with stuff with that. And you know what God told me? He said, they had a prophetic, a prophetic voice, and the enemy silenced them. How? By putting a rope around their neck. And I want to speak to any person in this place that has ever had a suicidal thought or has uh, overcome with anxiety or depression right now. I speak to whatever spirit is on you, demonic, suicidal spirit. You be gone in the name of Jesus. And Lord, in that place, fill them with your spirit. You are the mouthpiece of God, people. Start speaking that out. Speak it over yourself. Use your voice to declare the promises and the truth of God. Last week was amazing. This week is going to be amazing. And let me tell you something. God wants to do it again and again and again. You know why? Because he loves us and he wants to pour his spirit out on every single one of you every single day. But there's something about gathering together and doing this together. There's power in it. There's encouragement in it. And I don't know about you, but the last couple months, it's been hard for me. It's been a journey for me. I have felt the weight of it. And I know there's some people that would probably be like, well, gosh, Rochelle, it was only two months. What's the big deal? You're fine. I wasn't fine with it. I'm not fine with it. I'll never be fine with anyone telling us that the church doors have to be closed. Listen, the church is where sick people used to come to get healed. That is demonic. Last week on the way to church, I was just talking to God and praying, and I just told him, I was like, Lord, I feel the battle so intensely. I just feel it. And I don't know if some of you have felt the same way. But almost immediately, I heard him in in my heart say, but can you feel the victory? Can you feel the victory? Because there is victory to be had, but it is up to us to engage in this battle, you guys. 
That's what will bring the victory sooner than later. But the Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. So listen to me. The enemy is so deceiving. Do you know what he tells you the battle is against? He tells you that it's, uh, you know, our war is against politics. Our battle is against the race issues. He always deflects. He doesn't want you to see him because our battle is against what is unseen. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is against rulers, principalities, dark forces in the spiritual realm, the unseen world. You guys, we have to engage in this battle, pick up the weapons that God has given us. And you know what? Here's what else the the word of God says. The weapons that we are given are divine, straight from heaven. Pray, worship, praise, get on your face before the Lord. Bring down heaven to earth. This is the time, you guys. And one more thing. You probably have heard like on commercials and, you know, whatever, on the radio, like the new normal. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something. The only new normal that I want is an awakened church that is ready to step into this battle and destroy the enemy. And I'm telling you, there's, there is there was no better time for this series, The Wind, about the Holy Spirit, because we need the Holy Spirit in order to do what God's calling us to do. So let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your presence. I thank you so much that you have given us your spirit to empower us, Lord, to walk out your will for our lives. So I ask in the name of Jesus that you would open every ear and open every eye so that we may hear you, so that we may see you, and so that our lives would be changed in Jesus' name. The wind. John 3, 8. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And the word wind here in the Greek, it means both wind and spirit. So Jesus is saying that God's Spirit, like the wind, it cannot be controlled or even understood sometimes. And Chris said this last week, you can see the effects of the wind, right? moving of the trees, the grass, waves on the water, but you can't see the wind itself. The wind just does what it wants to. Like, have you ever been outside on a windy day, and if you have long hair like me, and you walk outside, and you're like, you're trying to find which way to turn so that your hair stops blowing in your face, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop. I've literally said out loud, make up your mind to the wind. (laughs) Or if you're standing around a campfire, And the smoke blows at you, so you go to the other side, and five seconds later, the smoke is blowing at you again. So it is with the Spirit of God. He goes wherever he wants to go. And Jesus said, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. That means that the Spirit of God in you will move you in ways that others who are not born of the Spirit will not understand. And even sometimes the Spirit might move you in ways you don't understand. And we have to be okay with that. But see, a lot of us, a lot of us have been stiff-arming the Holy Spirit because we don't understand it. And there lies the problem. 
we think we need to understand everything. And in that verse, Jesus says, you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. And if we don't know something, we will not understand it either. So are you okay with that? Are you okay not knowing and just believing and just obeying what God tells you? And was Jesus saying that knowledge isn't good? No, absolutely not. God's word is filled with things about, you know, gaining knowledge and understanding. What Jesus is saying is that the spirit of God works in ways that are sometimes out of the realm of our understanding. And in order for you to truly live by the power of the Holy Spirit within you, you have to be willing to lay down all of your efforts to try to understand it all. Ecclesiastes 11.5. So this was written by King Solomon, who was said to be the wisest of any king that has ever lived. And this is what he says. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. He knew he only had a limited understanding. And here's my opinion. I believe that people who always have to have all the answers, always have to make sense of everything, one of two things usually happens in their life. One, they end up rationalizing themselves right out of faith. You know why? Because God is not rational. So if you try to rationalize everything, you're going to end up not believing anything. Or two, they end up binding themselves up in legalism and living under the law of God and the rules of God because that's what makes them feel good instead of in the freedom of God that Jesus died to give you because what you've done is you've limited your faith to only what you can understand. And God does not fit our molds. He's beyond our comprehension. And we will never live with the power and authority that God gives us through his spirit if we keep putting him in a box of our own understanding. And it's kind of like some some of these worship leaders who have come out recently um, and just come out and they've said, I don't believe in God anymore. And one of the more recent ones, he was quoted as saying this, why does God say not to kill? but then instruct Israel to turn around and kill men, women, and children to take the promised land. And why does Jesus have to die for our sins? More killing again? And I would say, okay, these are legitimate questions, but I also want to say that God's word actually gives some pretty clear answers to those two questions. And I don't know this guy, I don't know his story, but this is an example of trying to rationalize of trying to understand every single thing about the way God works and what he does to accomplish his purposes. How far are you away from ending up like this guy? Are you okay not knowing and just believing, just obeying? Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Why not depend on your own understanding? Because it's limited. And yet there's many Christians who ignore the Holy Spirit because they don't understand the Holy Spirit. Or maybe something about the Holy Spirit makes you uncomfortable, so you just write it off. And I used to be one of those people, and still am sometimes, where all of a sudden my judginess comes out, and I'm like, well, I don't think that was from the Lord. 
I don't think God would do that. And listen, yes, we need discernment. And the Bible tells us to test the spirits. spirits. That comes from 1 John 4, where it says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. And then it goes on to say that, you know, one of the ways to know that is if someone, you know, they have to agree with everything about Jesus, who he is. And then another way to help yourself discern, which means to know and just to feel like something is from God, is to bring that to God's word. Bring it to his word. Compare it to what he says. But here's my caution to you. You have to do that and leave yourself open to still being a little bit uncomfortable. Because let me tell you something. If there's any book in the world that would make someone uncomfortable, it is the Bible. You can't just pick and choose the parts you want to believe. So just because something is uncomfortable to you does not mean it's not from God. Yes, there's times when certain things might be just of someone's own heart or flesh and not the Holy Spirit, but here's my question to you. Are you willing to never experience the manifest presence and power of God in your life because it makes you uncomfortable? Are you willing to forfeit an encounter with the Holy Spirit, the living God in you, because you don't understand it all? Even though we're told we should not depend on our own understanding? 1 Corinthians 13, 12, this is the message version, and it says, For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything. One day we will understand everything. But for now, are you okay not knowing and just believing and just obeying? After Jesus had risen, he spent 40 days, you know, going around to people and sh- revealing himself to people, speaking to people, being with his disciples. And then it came time for Jesus to leave and go to heaven. And of course, the disciples didn't want him to go. But in John 16, 7, and I'm going to paraphrase, Jesus told them, hey, it's better that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit's not going to come to you. But when I go, I'm going to send him. And I thought, man, can you imagine being one of the disciples, having the risen Lord standing there in front of you with the holes in his hands, the holes in his feet, the hole in his side. You know that everything he said was true. You know that he is God in the flesh right in front of you. No more questions about it. You know it's true. And he's telling you it's actually better that I go from you. That would be hard to understand. But in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power. And I don't know about you, but the last couple months, all the stuff that's been happening in our world and our nation, it has made me feel powerless at times. But I have to believe, and I do believe, that we were born for such a time as this. This is the time we get to choose what and who we are going to believe, and then what are we going to do with that? 
Do you believe that the Spirit of God lives in you? And if so, do you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit can change you and change the atmosphere around you? If you're ready for things to change, if you're ready for God to move in your life, you have to be willing to stop trying to understand it all. In Chris's prayer last week, I made a note of this because it was just good. He said, we can't explain your mysterious ways because that's what makes you God and us not. We have to quit trying to play God. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And I'll tell you what, I totally believe that at this point in my life. I've lived long enough, I've been through enough sad times, bad times, happy times, hard times, And I've realized, and I realize over and over again about how much I don't know. I don't know a whole lot. And if I don't know a whole lot, I am not going to understand a whole lot. And sometimes when you understand that you won't understand everything, that's exactly the time that the Holy Spirit will blow into your life because you will be okay not knowing and just believing and just obeying. God told Abraham, pack up, get your animals, get your tents, get your family, and go. That's all he was told. He didn't know where he was going, but he obeyed. And then Chris talked last week about um, Philip in Acts chapter 8, and it says the angel of the Lord told him to go south down that desert road. And then it says, so he started out. You guys, that was the only information Philip was given. Go south down the desert road. All righty. And he just went. Philip didn't know, but he obeyed. See, he didn't have to understand everything in that moment because he knew, he trusted God enough to know that whatever it was was going to be good. 1 John chapter 2, 26 through 27. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. But it's interesting what this verse says. It says, the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, not everything there is to know. And you know why? Because, you guys, we can't handle all there is to know about God. Even Moses, who spoke with God, heard his audible voice, had tangible, real experiences with God, could not handle seeing all of who God was. And this is in Exodus chapter 33. So Moses is talking to God, and he's basically asking God for reassurance. He's telling God, look, if your presence is not going with us, I don't want to take these people into these lands and into these battles if you're not going. And he actually goes back and forth with the Lord about this. And the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I have looked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. 
Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name Yahweh before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. See, sometimes when you feel like God is keeping something from you or he's not answering you the way you want to be answered or he's not showing up when you want him to show up, it's actually him protecting you, shielding you from something that your human mind cannot comprehend. So are you okay with that? Are you okay not knowing and just believing and just obeying? It reminds me just of kids, little kids, and I'm sure we've all experienced this at some point. You know, when you tell little kids, hey, come here. What do they say a lot of times? Why? And this still happens with Brennan, my 13-year-old. He'll be downstairs, and I'm like, hey, Brennan, come upstairs. And he'll yell to me, why? So I yell louder (laughs) because I, right, because I said so. My kids don't need to know everything right now. In fact, I don't even have to give them any reasons why I need them to come here. Because I'm the authority. I'm the parent. But isn't that how we treat God? You know, we tell him, you know, before I listen to you, before I believe what you've told me in your word, before I let you make me uncomfortable, I I want you to answer all these questions I have. Which brings me to the story of Nicodemus. John chapter, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus tells Nicodemus, you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Can't be explained, can't be understood, but look what Nicodemus says right after that. How are these things possible? He was not listening. And Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? And I want to pause here 
So Nicodemus was this super smart guy. He had studied the Old Testament, studied the law, very respected, knew a lot more than all the regular people. And when I was studying this passage, I kind of had a revelation that I had, I had never thought of it this way before. And maybe you have, I don't know, but I'm going to share it. I don't think Jesus was saying, you know, Nicodemus, you're so smart, you should know the answer. I think Jesus was saying, huh, well, look at that. Just because you know a lot doesn't mean you understand everything. Jesus was trying to show Nicodemus that living under the law was actually not spiritual at all. Nicodemus understood the law, but the law, the rules, could not give him an understanding about the Spirit of God. It could not bring him into a relationship with God. Jesus continues. He says, I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? So what was Jesus doing? He was bringing Nicodemus to a crossroad. He was saying, you can continue to walk in only what you know and understand, or you can walk the path of the Spirit. He was saying, you have a choice to make. And what is your choice? Your choice is to believe me or not to believe me. And guys, that's true for us right now. In order to believe what God is saying to us, in order to believe the words of Jesus, we have to give up our desire to understand all of it. Am I saying that our faith should be blind? Absolutely not. In fact, I think God is so such a good God, so gracious to give us really incredible evidence of his existence and of the accuracy of his word. But a life that allows the spirit of God, the wind of God to move you however he wants to move you is a life that will sometimes not make sense. And I think Jesus brings us all to that crossroad probably multiple times through our life. I know he has for me. And when I'm at that crossroad, I have to say, will I walk the path that only I can understand? Will I walk a path where I'm the one leading, where I'm the one making all the decisions? Or will I choose a path of surrender and let the wind of God take me wherever he wants to take me? How's your path? How's the path you're on been working? What kind of path have you been on? Is it a path where you have to make sense of everything all the time? Or is it a path that you're okay not knowing and just letting God move you? I want to be on the path where the wind of God is. And then like Abraham or like Philip, I will just go without having to have all the reasons why. In Galatians 5, verse 25, the Apostle Paul says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So listen, to live by the Spirit means to be led by the Spirit. And in order for you to be led by the Spirit, you have to listen and allow the Spirit to move in your life. And you've probably, many of you have probably heard some of us from the stage say things like, I heard the Holy Spirit say, or I felt the Holy Spirit say. And I know for some of you that makes you squirm a little bit in your seat, but have you ever asked yourself why? 
Why are you so uncomfortable when you hear things like that? And what about this one? What about when you hear someone talk about being born again? Right? That's, that's a weird one, isn't it? And there was a time in my life that I thought it was so weird. If I heard someone say something like that, I would be like, oh, holy roller. Get away from that one. <laughs> but is it weird? I mean, this is exactly what Jesus himself was talking to Nicodemus about. You have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born again, and it cannot be explained. And I can confidently say that I believe that because I had a very profound born-again experience when I was 28 years old. And not everyone's experience is, you know, is this way, but mine was. And the only way for me to describe it is supernatural. I had spent my whole life knowing about God, but I had never known God. I was raised Catholic, went to Catholic school for all 12 years, and I knew all the do's and don'ts, right? All, I knew all the eight Beatitudes, all the Ten Commandments. Everything that I was told to know, I, know, I knew, except for God. The Holy Spirit was this far-off teaching. Jesus was just the guy on the cross, I did not know that God wanted to make his dwelling place in me. I didn't know that God's spirit, he was going to send his spirit to live in me, to give me power, to lead me, to guide me, because he had a plan and a purpose for my life. So when I was sitting at 28 years old in a non-Catholic church, and I heard this truth of the gospel, I was literally moved out of my seat and went forward. Me, this Catholic girl, you know, walking in front of a bunch of people that I didn't know, tears streaming down my face because something unexplainable had just happened to me. The spirit of the living God had just blown into my soul, given me new life. I was born again. And when I tell people this experience, sometimes you know, I'll say it felt like something literally lifted me out of my seat and caused me to go up front. It was like I couldn't control it. And I wasn't doing anything to try to make that happen. You know, like Chris said last week, there's nothing we have to do but receive it. And that's what I did. I felt the wind of God, the Spirit of God move me on that day. And I just received it. I let it fill me up and I let it move me and my life changed. Is my life perfect? No. I have to bow before the Lord continually to allow his spirit to fill my life or my heart becomes hard. This is something we have to do every single day. Lord, fill me up. Send your Holy Spirit, God. Fill me up. Give me power. Show me what to do. This is a quote by Billy Graham. I am convinced that to be filled with the Spirit is not an option, but a necessity. It is indispensable for the abundant life and for fruitful service. The Spirit-filled life is not abnormal. It is the normal Christian life. Anything less is subnormal. It is less than what God wants and provides for his children. Therefore, to be filled with the Spirit should never be thought of as an unusual or unique experience for or known by only a select few. 
It is intended for all, needed by all, and available to all. That is why the scripture commands all of us to be filled with the Spirit. Thanks, Billy Graham, for that quote. And I had shared this quote with Heather a few days ago, and she said, we've made it normal to be complacent. We've made it normal to question people who are actually following the Spirit's leading. Why is that? Because we've kept the Holy Spirit out here because we don't understand him. Even though Jesus said that the Holy Spirit in our lives is better than his actual physical presence in your life. So is the Holy Spirit welcome in your life? Or have you kind of set him aside because you don't understand it? Well, let today be the crossroad. Let Jesus bring you to that crossroad today. And like Chris said last week, there's, there's nothing you have to do but to receive the Spirit in your life. He said, Chris said last week, it might feel like a gentle breeze. Maybe it'll feel like a raging hurricane. Because God will move however he wants to move. You just have to be willing and ready to receive it. And so during this last song, I want to invite anybody up to the front. If you feel like you have been stuck in your life, if you feel like you've been kind of, you know, on the edge of your seat, feeling like God has more for you, but you just haven't stepped out yet, if you feel like you've kind of quenched the Holy Spirit in your life and set him aside, and you want the Spirit of God to move on your life and move in your life today, I want you to come forward during this song, and I am going to come pray for you that the Lord would fill you with his spirit so powerfully today, and other people will come forward and pray for you too.